When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Greetings, listeners. My name is Matt. And I'm Ben. And this is Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. Nice, nice. I like how it's a little bit different every time. Yeah. With the music as well. Uh... Then it's it's different every time, and it's never a disaster. I saw something that I think is going to be a disaster recently on television, Matt. Yes. Uh, now was at, it mm-hmm. America's Got Talent? <laughs> uh, it was close. It was you know I I don't have cable, right? Okay. I do have Netflix, and uh, I'll sometimes watch things online on Hulu. So I was watching this thing on Hulu, and Hulu. Has a bunch of commercials, right? Sure. Commercials for days. We had this one commercial that freaked me out a little, man. It was, uh, it was a McDonald's commercial. In this McDonald's commercial, they say, Oh, you love Coca-Cola? Well, guess what? All Coca-Cola is going to be one dollar, whether it's a small, a medium, or a large. I heard about that. Just one dollar. Now, I think of that more as a, a, Perhaps a health disaster for yeah. some people. Uh, cause why would you pay a dollar yeah. for the small one? Yeah. Is it, 
uh, is, does the same thing go with the water? I don't know. Oh, God. I guess no one really orders supersized water. I do if I'm, if I've got rehearsal for band, mm-hmm. I go and I get the largest bottle of water I can possibly get. And then I use it for the next couple of weeks until I feel the plastic has been used enough. Starts to taste of plastic. Mm. Um, well, the disasters aside, do let us know what you think about this weird Coca-Cola madness. Um, those sorts of disasters aside, rather, you and I are here to ask a question that we have talked about in our video series uh, for years, literally, in many mm-hmm. different ways, right? Yes. Can humans, in some way, shape, or form, create natural disasters, or at least disasters that would normally be naturally occurring? Okay, so natural disasters, then. What what kind of stuff would that be? What would be a natural disaster? You're looking at everything from hurricanes to earthquakes. Uh, those are the two probably main uh, occurrences. Yeah. There are also... Tornadoes, tsunamis, right? It just anything you can think of that would be a natural disaster. Is there a way that a human could harness the power to make one of those? Like a volcanic eruption, right? Yes. We see that in science fiction or thriller uh, films sometimes where there's some supervillain who is setting out to, you know, make all of the world's volcanoes erupt at once or something. That's also where they keep their layers. So I, I'm a little yeah. confused about why they would want... The things that are right next to their layer to explode. I, yeah, I don't you know. gotta find a good caldera or really the moon base is the way to go. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we're differentiating here between things that would be man-made disasters. Man-made disasters would be things like a financial crash, you know, like the Great Depression. Um, a, in many ways, uh, a man-made disaster. Now, of course, I know a lot of people can write in and say the drought created uh the dust bowl um also financial handling by people in urban sit in urban environments and financial centers of the time uh their their behavior didn't help i think it accelerated it so we we do know that human beings have have it well within our collective grasp to make disasters for ourselves um well sure war War creates a type of disaster. Yeah, war. That's that's a great example. That's one of the best examples. Um, diseases that spread via humans that could be a disaster. Oh yeah. Uh, there, there, there are numerous things. Um, pollution sites uh, can be disastrous. Um, history class. Our our buddies over at Stuff You Missed in History class have a couple of great podcasts about very strange disasters that have occurred, uh, such as a molasses flood uh, or a flood of, I think it was gin somewhere in London. It sounds familiar. I have, man, I need to catch up on that show. Human beings, let's just point out, human beings have a propensity for uh, making trouble and getting into hijinks, but... Aside from these things, the question is, if if humans could create natural disasters, and I like that you said in some way, then how would these things be created? Like how how what what's something that people bring up when they talk about this? The tools that could be possibly used to make these things. Well, one of the most popular ones is the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, or HARP. You've seen it before. You've seen it on YouTube all over the place. We've covered it many times. We just did another video on it. Mm-hmm. It's this 
research station in Alaska in Gakona, Alaska, I believe. Yep. And well, that this is one of the main harp stations. There are numerous stations that uh, throughout the world that yeah, do the same like research. Yeah, but this is crown jewel that the Air Force owns. Yes, and I believe it was the original uh, station, the harp station. Mm. I'm not sure if that's correct. That we know about. Yes. Uh, and it is unclassified. Right. Yep. And it's run by the Air Force. I believe, I, I can't remember, I think the Navy had a hand in it at one point. In partnership with a couple of other mm-hmm. organizations. And currently it may be sold uh, to the University of Alaska if they're willing to come up with the, the scratch. Well, it's something like $5 million just to run the thing mm-hmm. for a year. Mm-hmm. And that's just to make it work. And there, what the, what HARP does is it shoots radio beams into the ionosphere, which is a, a way out of the way place in the atmosphere that a lot of human beings really don't have any call to ever reach unless we're going through it on the way to space. Yeah. And when you, when you think about the ionosphere and correct me if I'm wrong here, Ben, when you see, if you've ever seen the northern or southern lights, that's the, that's the, that's activity that's occurring inside the ionosphere when these charged particles are being activated essentially by the sun. Right. And HARP managed to, the, the HARP in Gakona, Alaska managed to create the first recorded artificial, uh, aurora borealis, which was, which was really neat. I do have to say though, there's a, a, a little bone of contention I have with some of our YouTube, uh, listeners said, you know, there are harp stations everywhere. That's not correct. There are ionospheric research stations everywhere. They are not harp. That's like saying, you know, that, that's kind of like saying there's a Toyota Corolla in Gakona, Alaska, and there are cars in other places. So there are Toyota Corollas across the world. Okay, I see what you're saying. At one point before we continue here, now HARP itself closed down, but it's not unusual for it to close down. We have a lot of this uh, stuff in our video on HARP, our latest video, one of my favorite titles, uh, what, what the Hell is Going On at HARP? Yeah. Or What the Hell Are They Doing at HARP or something like that? Something to that effect. Yeah, and um, in there we talk about the HARP Station. There are other ionospheric research facilities in the world, across the world, but they are not the harp that we're harping on. Oh, wow. I know. I know. <laughs> well, there, okay, so this is the, I don't know what else I can say about this. Uh, it's just, it's fascinating to think. It kind of harkens back to the ideas of Tesla. At least that's what. But that's what rings in my head when I think about harp and testing the ionosphere and mm-hmm. what can you do with it. Although it has nothing to do with, well, at least to my knowledge, it has nothing to do with somehow connecting electrically to the ionosphere yeah. the way Tesla wanted to. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, 
Podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Man, we're going to have to republish that Tesla video soon, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to do a whole new video on Tesla um, because I, there's a lot of interest in it. And, you know, that was one of the situations where we found there really was perhaps some stuff they don't want you to know. And before we move on from the subject of Harp, we we should point out that, Matt, as you said, it's not – it's not a top secret facility like Groom Lake, you know, or like the, um, whatever is happening on Diego Garcia, right? Mm-hmm. This is, this is a place where, uh, while it was open, scientists would be glad to give you knowledge. I'm sure there were some things that were classified, but they would, they would be glad to give you a look at what they were doing, talk to you about it if they had time. Uh, you, I don't know if you could just go up there and get a tour, but, 
it had a chain leak fence around it. It's not a high value target for a lot of people. The research that they were doing, if we understand it correctly, is to see how uh, changes in the ionosphere can affect communication. That's one of the big things. So this is big because it goes into stuff like how uh, an ICBM, an interco- intercontinental ballistic missile, would be able to guide itself or stay guided, right? Uh, mm-hmm. How radio communications could be altered or even satellite. And for it to affect the weather, what what we were finding is that it would have to be just from the kind of equipment they have, it would have to be on a much more massive scale. Yes. And it, it seems like, it seems like at least the harp facility there in Gakona was not large enough to really, uh, you know, really shake the foundations of the earth and change the weather. But we have other ways of changing the weather and they're very old. They go back to like world war one and stuff, right? It's true. So, uh, what's the, what's the theoretical side? If, if everything we do know about harp that's publicly available is smoke and mirrors, smoke on the water, right? Yeah. Quote the oldies song. Then what, what are the theories about harp? So there are several. One of the main ones that you hear a lot is that it can somehow shoot an energy beam, a radio energy beam into the ionosphere and then somehow change the direction or by angling that beam in a certain way to have it kind of arc around the earth and then come back down in a certain spot. And then in that spot, the ionosphere, because it has a connection with uh, plate earth movements, with uh, tectonic Tectonic movements, uh, well, at least the tectonic movements seem to affect the ionosphere, which does not necessarily mean the ionosphere affects the tectonic movements. However, Mm. in this theory... Because of they've kind of aimed the ionosphere and changed it a little bit and sent it downwards into the earth, it would create an earthquake in that position. Right. And we know that, as we said in our, in our videos, that, uh, our, uh, our buddies, Mahmoud Admanajad and Hugo Chavez, I do say that a bit sarcastically, both, um, both in 2010 alleged that HARP directly was involved with uh what was involved with creating natural disasters. I think Adminajad, as we say in our video, uh blamed the Pakistan floods of twenty ten on it and Chavez blamed the uh Haitian earthquake yep. on it. And um Well and and yeah. you made a great point then that that one facility perhaps doesn't have the power to do something to that effect. Is it possible that there's a massive facility somewhere else? Or what if a lot of these ionospheric testing facilities are working together, Ben? Mm. Like, honestly, what if, what if there are several ionospheric testing facilities? Say there are a couple, uh, in Europe somewhere. There are a couple in Asia, a couple in the U.S. They all work together. Whoa, man. Not bad. Not bad idea. A networked disaster club, right? Highly improbable, but. It would be fascinating. Possible. I don't know. You and I haven't been everywhere. We'd have to go check it all out first. Uh, one thing that we do know that sounds crazy but is completely true, and we've covered this before as well, is weather modification. And this can relate to natural disasters, but walk with us here for a second. So you can shoot – turns out you can shoot silver iodide into the sky and 
although there are varying degrees of success. There's a lot of healthy skepticism about this. Uh, it seems that it has the potential to create rain clouds. Well, yes, but you you certainly need the moisture in the air already right? in so, order to make it happen. And it's something like 40, I think the success rate was less than 40%. Yeah, yeah, less than 40%, more than five. Uh, they've been, they being human beings throughout history, have tried to uh, work with this existing technology and find different ways to modify the weather. Uh, however, we know that when experiments began with it in the United Kingdom, uh, there were reports that it triggered flooding. We know that the largest weather modification network in the world, at least the one that the public knows about, is in China. And uh, there are people who have part-time jobs where they just shoot uh, silver iodide into the clouds and, and hope that this could hope that this could somehow, you know, uh, provide favorable rain conditions for their local area. However, we know that when, when water gathers in one place, it comes from somewhere, right? So it's completely possible that weather modification past a certain threshold will create a situation in which we will see, uh, an increase in things like drought or yeah. maybe uh, an increase in the frequency of flooding or things like that because we're messing with a system we don't understand. I know how B-movie that sounds, but it's true, which brings us to the other point. Climate change, man. Climate change, climate change. Uh, global warming, it used to be called, and somebody won the buzzword war. Yeah. Somebody bernazed it into... uh Climate change instead of global warming. Well, yeah, because it was so cold last winter, man. Mm-hmm. I use Bernays as a verb now. Uh, oh, you got Bernays? Yeah. I well, don't think it sounds... It sounds so, like a sauce. So this is a massive topic. This is a topic that I'm sure you, whoever you are listening to this, you have some uh, very strong opinions about climate change. Right. And... It's tough for us because, you know, Ben and I want to learn the truth as, or at least as close to the truth as we can possibly learn. That's what this show is about. And we want to be able to tell it to you. The problem is when you've got these extremely strong opinions, no matter what you and I say or what even the science says, some people's minds will never be changed. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, Podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424 Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, let's present the gist. Okay. Here's the gist. Uh, we've got one side which says that there's one side that says that human intervention is making a measurable impact in the world. The primary arguments for a lot of climate change stuff concern, uh, the effects of the human population on the atmosphere, right? Mm-hmm. So CO2 emissions, uh, get caught up in this, but you'll also hear stuff about damage to the ozone layer. Um, the amount of pollution emitted by factories and by motor vehicles, factory farming, 
Right, I was going to say, and and livestock, which are uh, on our show, uh, one of our other shows, car stuff. We have a we have a great episode about whether whether cows or cars are more responsible for pollution. Yeah, yeah, it's a really weird thing to walk through, but I recommend it if someone's interested in that. So what what we have found is um, what we have found is that for a long time the people tied up in the research on this had a vested interest, in some cases an agenda. There are cases where evidence that didn't fit an official narrative was repressed. Um, and in most of the cases that I've heard, this was evidence where scientists would say, well, uh, we have found this rise in temperature over this time. It correlates to factors X, Y, and Z. Therefore, we think that human beings are having an effect. And then the people who were funding the study didn't want to hear that. So they said, oh, okay, you know, go do the math again. Yeah. Just go do the math again if you want to keep your job. Uh, but then on the other side, we have, we have people who say that there is a concentrated active conspiracy to propagate this idea of enormous cataclysmic environmental change and that this uh this is happening because there is um this is happening because it's a way to scare people into giving up their means of production uh which would make it easier a lot of these ideas are tied up into the uh, concept of a one world government new world order sort of thing the question then becomes one of scale. So the argument here against climate change is often, you know, human beings cannot do enough. We're not big enough really to affect the great machine that is the world. Um, you know, just like harp is not big enough really to affect the great machine that is the ionosphere. And yeah. And it's strange because there can be there can be some contradictory reasoning there. There can be people who don't believe that climate change is real but do believe that harp controls the weather. Mm-hmm. And so it's an interesting cognitive dissonance. But one thing we do know is that when we ca- talk about scale, we're not just talking about amount of people versus size of the world. We're talking about time of people. So agriculture can cause climate change as well because we're changing the types of plants, we're changing the type of livestock that interact in a biome. So it's not necessarily a worldwide climate change, right? Uh, human beings can be possibly responsible for things like desertification, where the desert just starts eating places, right? Mm-hmm. And erosion. Human beings can clearly be responsible for erosion. Climate change is not just a matter of calculating pollution, right? Um, so... There's the other part, and I know I'm going on a rant here, Matt. It's okay. I'm letting there's, you go. There's another part here that comes in with this. Um, speaking of scale, the world's climate system is extraordinarily complex. We don't really know what's going on with it. Meteorologists are scarily accurate um, within you know the short term, before or after stuff. Uh, but the further out you go, there are just so many variables that we don't really understand the system in which we're participating. And whenever there is a huge chance for unintended consequences, it usually means that there's not a clear cut, clean answer, but human beings on the whole have already been changing 
the you know the quote unquote climate the the way in which it's focused now the way in which the debate is framed is designed to fool the the average member of the public into just dwelling on one aspect of how human beings influence the world and um could that create disasters maybe I, I would just have to say, Ben, after listening to Bill Nye on talk on multiple things and people like Neil deGrasse Tyson and other other people in the field of science that I respect their opinions, I would say, because I am not a climatologist, I'm not a scientist, I didn't go to school for any of that. Uh, so it's difficult for me to really give an opinion that in any way matters, in any shape or form. Uh However, I would say that from what I've learned from them, the prevailing science says that that humans are affecting the overall biome and the climate on the Earth. Mm-hmm. And the conspiracy side would most definitely be that there are interests in the energy field that would rather maintain the status quo of, you know, burning fossil fuels in our vehicles and you know, having coal factories, uh, clean coal factories, large farms. Yeah, I, I think I think that would be the conspiracy side, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, I also I also think that at this point I haven't seen any compelling evidence of a attempt to fake global warming or climate change. I have seen compelling evidence of attempts to suppress. Uh, that, that sort of ongoing research. Um, and speaking of the interaction between business and science, uh, there's another thing that we did that we found out was a, uh, truth is stranger than fiction situation, right? Yes. The, in, in our attempts to extract as much oil as possible from the earth. Whoa, whoa. And natural gas. And natural gas. We've decided to come up with this thing called fracking. That's at least what we call it, hydraulic fracturing. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially, it's a fairly simple, well, it's not a simple process, obviously. It costs a lot of money. It's complicated. But the idea is simple. You send down a drill into the earth, into rocks, and then you you force this highly pressurized liquid, which is hydraulic liquid and yeah, chemicals. It's like water, sand, a couple of chemicals, some, I think, methylenes or something enes. Yes. <laughs> and you force the, the rocks to break open. You frack those rocks right open mm-hmm. and that releases some of the natural gas that's trapped in there. And the uh, oil. Yeah. And the oil and all the great things that you can burn for profit. So there's an ongoing debate, you know, this, uh, this does pose a risk to groundwater, uh, because it is forcing things that are dangerous for human consumption into the ground and through deep. the water table deep into the ground. And, um, the argument is there are safe ways, there, there are safe ways to do it. How do you do it? There are these wells wherein the used liquid is stored. Uh, there are also some fairly compelling studies. That surprise breaking the breaking the rocks under the under the mountains, under the towns, under the cities and the fields, uh, that this can make the ground unstable. That's uh, crazy. Uh, who who'd have thunk? And it can make well it can the problem is that um we can only estimate how much 
how much the effect would be in a lot of ways. So it is possible that fracking can induce earthquakes, which makes it a man-made natural disaster. Um, not the same way that harp or, uh, going back to the network of ionospheric, uh, mm-hmm. which is diabolical. I love it. Um, if, if it's not that same level, but it is, it is possible. And in some cases, uh, people have already started tracing fracking to, uh, earthquake events. I think specifically in 2008, 2009. I have a question though about what, what we have on our outline is the elephant in the room, Matt, which is human population and global development are more natural disasters occurring or natural disasters becoming more dangerous, more expensive, or is it just that there are more people in more places? Uh, can, can I just go with all of the above? <laughs> yeah, sure. Because, well, sure, there, are, if you look at the, the Haiti earthquake, uh, the recent Haiti earthquake, there are so many people living, uh, just a ton of people living in structures that are dangerous when there's an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how a lot of people get hurt. I mean, if you live in a place that is not prepared mm-hmm. uh, from a technology or an, uh, an infrastructure standpoint for this kind of natural disaster, if a hurricane rolls through or a giant tornado rolls through and the buildings in which a large group of people are living in are not prepared for that, then that's how you get disasters. That's how you get deaths, at least lots of deaths. So it's, yeah. That's, I think that's a very good point. We have more and more people and they're increasingly moving to formerly inhospitable environments or environments that are trans, uh, transitioning to an inhospitable state now because of all the other people who are there. Uh, a lot of the air in India and China is filthy. Um, a lot of the contamination problems that we sort of kick the can down the road on for a few for a few decades, right? Are coming back to bite us because people are moving into those areas. And what what we're finding then is uh you know, what we're finding are are some weird, ugly truths. One one of the questions that I was thinking about asking you is if you looked at it objectively, we're listeners Matt, if, mm-hmm. if all of us were aliens, right? And everybody who listened to the show uh, arrived on a spaceship to check out Earth. Would we think that humans were the natural disaster? Well, we'd probably think of them as a cancer of some sort. Uh, Joe Rogan has a great virus, speech. Yeah. yeah, when you he's flying over L.A. and just looking right before he got to L.A., he's looking at California and the beautiful... Just the way, man, this is an amazing looking sure. planet. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the there's, fields. yeah, the protruding gray, just nastiness and smoke. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ben, I, I, you know, I think about even the matrix lines about humans <laughs> being a virus right, and that yeah. stuff really resonates with me because I, I don't know. I, I feel, I want to feel more connected to mm-hmm. the planet a lot of times and most of the time I don't. I, and I wonder if that's just something ingrained or something that we have done to ourselves that right. we've programmed ourselves to feel separate. Hmm. That's a good question. And that's sort of a, uh, in some ways that sounds like a, a cultural 
or psychological disaster. I, I, I think that what we're going to see over time is, is that if the technology does exist to create natural disasters, to, to create, you know, gigantic earthquakes, mudslides, and so on, um, oh, another side fact, North Korea was mentioned as one of the places that was victimized by natural disaster when they had, uh, I think a series of floods a few years ago. But if that technology, um, did exist, it would be something that world governments and non-government agencies or organizations tried to at least have access to. We mentioned a quote several times, uh, once in What the Hell is Fracking and once in our video on earthquakes, uh, that Secretary of Defense William Cohen talking about the possibilities of future war, including stuff like tailored viruses, right? Tailored uh, bugs. To take out a certain population. Right. Scary stuff. And increasingly... I won't say probable yet, but increasingly possible. And then we've got the other, the one of the other things he mentioned, and he's not the only one who mentioned this. Uh, foreign ministers in Russia mentioned this kind of stuff too. The concept of eco-terrorism, destroying, you know, which is a, which is an idea that goes way back to siege days, you know, when you could destroy your opponent's access to food or clean water, right? Or just throw, uh, plague bodies into the well, that yeah. kind of stuff. God. Um, Diabolical. Yeah, but now on a worldwide scale. At this point, we should probably go. It looks like our buddies from uh, Stuff Mom Never Told You or people are coming by the studio window and giving us the eye. Josh came by a second ago. Oh, geez. Yeah. All right. So we better get out of here. Uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We didn't have a sponsor for this. For some reason, uh, Illumination Global Unlimited decided... Not to sponsor our episode. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was the it stuff was conflicting interests. It was conflicting interests. Just for this episode, they'll mm-hmm. be back though. Yeah. Weirdly enough, we just got a weather report that says a big storm is moving in. What? Oh, oh man! Do you hear that? Yeah. We better. Well, Matt, where can people find us? Hopefully. Well, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. We are at Conspiracy Stuff. You can find us at our website. Our brand spanking new. It's not brand spanking new. It's to be fair, it's a, it's a little old now. Yeah, it's brand speaking new stuff on it. That's right. StuffTheyDon'tWantYouToKnow.com, the longest URL, but you will be so satisfied once you've entered it. It's about the journey. That's right. Also, if you want to skip all that social media stuff and just contact us directly, we have a new email address. You can contact us at conspiracy at HowStuffWorks.com. more on this topic and other unexplained phenomena, visit testtube.com slash conspiracy stuff. You can also get in touch on Twitter at the handle at conspiracy stuff. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, 
Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.